You're listening to Age of Reason, brought to you by Frozen Frame Productions. Will we ever understand this complex genius, this visionary thinker? Will we ever get this close again? Uniting the forces of our universe. Hey everyone, and welcome to another interesting episode of Age of Reason. Um, I just want to mention that next week is going to be the last show of the season. Then I'm going to take a break. Uh, my health condition is not great. I really need a, a break for, for my body especially, and my mind. So today I'm going to continue what I started last week. So if you have not watched last week's show, I really urge you to go ahead and do that sometime. Because uh, here today we're just going to kind of jump straight into it. And if you didn't pay any attention before, you're going to be completely lost today, I guess. So there's that. Uh, before I start... So I got a comment on my last show, which I just found hilarious. And yeah, of course, this person got banned. Don't be surprised. I'm just going to read some parts of it. But, uh, you know, my, my previous show was about how conservatives, in this case, Republicans, obstruct climate change policies. And today is going to be part two of that. So here we have a person, this Marty. And he says, obstructing nothing. Oh, come on. So already... In the first two words, you already are a liar. He continues, in fact, every country should turn its territory and treasury to America and we will fix it. Yeah, sure, sure, of course. Sure, Marty. And then he says, oh, that's right. America and West die and hand all that shit over to couple gay ass pedophiles. Select few to do the same shit. I mean, come on, seriously, you, you honestly want me to take you seriously? Uh, and then, of course, he says it's a communist trickery. So I said, you know, this is not even worth replying to. There's no point to waste my time on you people. Uh, you just don't belong here. That's all. Just move on to some, you know, go to Fox News, man. That's where you belong. Go to Breitbart. That's exactly where people like you belong, I guess. Um... What it tells me is that I make no apology for saying that we have a lot of people in our country who are stone-cold idiots, okay? And this Marty person is just one of many. He's not the... the he might be even mentally ill because this type of craziness is really unnatural, okay? So if he's mentally ill, I understand a little bit, but it's not an excuse. and. We also have to say a big thanks to Reagan, I guess, because he kicked out a lot of mentally ill people just into the streets Well, when he was president. And he was doing that also as a governor before. Trying to save money. Hey, let's kick all the mentally ill people out of the mental institutions and let's see what happens. And guess what? Of course, these people, they now mixed with the average population and, you know, they have children and they're still crazy, okay? Most likely. These people... You know, these are the type of people who walk around and they say, I'm Napoleon Bonaparte or whatever. You can't reason with these type of people, okay? It's sad that they are this way, but now they, they all have a cell phone and they all 
try to participate in this these kind of debates and it just doesn't work so if you missed last week i just want to repeat a few key points so then you're not entirely lost for this show so i mentioned that basically the re republicans the conservatives have three approaches to deal with climate change so there's the associations approach which basically tries to bring groups together and tries to basically persuade people on climate change in my opinion it doesn't really work because if a person denies science then you can't convince that person of anything at all it's not just climate change it's also evolution so do you deny do you also refuse evolution okay so you can refuse evolution if you want to but what is your explanation then and don't tell me it's God, because that is not an explanation. Uh, there's the libertarian approach, but uh, that also doesn't really work, because basically right now we put too much faith in big corporations and stuff like that, but libertarian approach basically says we're going to put the control in the hands of just average people and hope that it's better, but I don't see any evidence of that, and the article neither. And finally, the innovation approach, which basically looks at kind of subsidies, but to fossil fuel industries. And they also consider nuclear, which I said, nuclear is not no longer feasible because uh, I think there is not a single nuclear power plant in the US right now that is actually making a profit. Okay, so that means that they're losing money and that means that they're going to go bankrupt eventually. But not a solution. Plus, we have so much waste from it, uh, there's a risk of explosion, etc. So anyway, not a good solution anymore. That train, that boat has sailed long ago. And I finished the show with this graph and uh, all it shows basically is that uh, there is a very clear intellectual divide in our country. So the Democrats are primarily like 92% of people in this survey anyway, basically say that yes we should produce 100% renewable energy and that climate change is a real threat and danger to our future uh, but if you contrast to the republicans only 27% of them think that that's the case and in fact 50% of them say that it's not necessary it's not probably happening and it's just a waste of money so yeah we have a clear intellectual divide in the country as my first comment here showed we have people like Marty out there, many of them, and you really can't have a conversation with these people. It's impossible. That's why I don't. That's why, sorry, but you can just go back to your poll on Fox News or Breitbart. I'm not interested in listening to nonsense. You people who are watching my show are not entitled to my time. I have things to do as well. So if I engage somebody, then it has to be a fair debate with facts and evidence. You don't have any facts and evidence, then fuck off. I'm not interested in your fucking emotional outbursts, okay? I'm interested in cold hard data. So if you don't have anything, then what are you even doing here? Please explain. So the article today continues, uh, while climate change itself is entirely polarized, the report cites research showing that there are a few phrases or approaches that still don't draw mass conservative opposition. Innovation still tickles their fancy. 
and they still largely like clean energy, both renewables and nuclear. Well, okay, again, nuclear, I already talked about it, but yeah, renewables, who doesn't like renewables? I mean, what is wrong with these people? So you have an option to live near a dirty coal plant and get sick from it, and people do, or you have an option to live near solar energy, which, you know, we can also fix it for the night time, etc. It's mostly clean. Of course, yeah, there is a certain dirty process involved in producing the solar panels. I understand that. But essentially, it, you're, you're comparing really apples and oranges. You're living in clean air on one scenario and with probably asthma and other respiratory diseases if you live next to a coal plant, okay? So I, in my opinion, the choice is very clear, but I don't know, some people really oppose it. So, okay, whatever floats your boat, I guess. The report also divides conservatives into subcategories and suggests that some of them, like the new era enterprise, enterprisers, or the market skeptic Republicans might be especially amenable to targeted climate messages. As long as advocates avoid belief-based messages, for example, whether climate change is happening, and focus on solutions-based messages, some of these subgroups could, maybe, perhaps, someday be brought along. So, okay, the translation of this is basically it says that the people who are well-educated and well-informed and know the science, they have to dumb down their message to even talk to conservatives. That's what it's saying. And that's a pathetic state of affairs, in my opinion. But here we glimpse between the lines, enormous asymmetry between left and right in American politics. Like I said, the left has an army of people in universities, think tanks and consultancies, examining public opinion, using all the latest tools, producing the most sophisticated reports. And it doesn't work all the time, okay? But when it works, it's very efficient. The basic model of savvy realism on the center-left is to study the shape of public opinion with all its subcategories and react to it. And the right is very different from that. So meanwhile, the right has an army of people on cable news, the radio and Facebook, as I found out as well, uh, dedicated to shaping public opinion, stroking it, dragging it rightward, not investigating it, not charting it, not reacting to it, just creating it. So, again, people who are watching my show, and you know, some people might be averse to facts, some kind of, you know, hardcore Republicans, but these are the facts, man. You're just on the wrong side of things. And maybe in the future you'll understand that. That's my hope. Maybe right now you, you think a certain way, a wrong way, because some people are just on the wrong, wrong side of history. So I, I hope that in the future, when you mature enough in your brain, that in 10, 20, 30 years, you'll actually come to our position. But man, it would have taken you a long time. I'm 35 and I get all this stuff. And some people I see, they're like 50, 60 year old dudes and they still don't understand anything. So age is just kind of a number. The left's technocrats are targeting values-based messages at new era enterprisers, while the right is out building full-fledged identities, letting conservatives know what they're supposed to think. 
Imagine, if you will, that innovation really started taking off and becoming the basis for bipartisan climate policy. Or imagine that new era enterprisers really started coalescing around climate action. Imagine, it's like that John Lennon song, imagine. Imagine that earnest conservative advocacy groups succeeded in generating some small movement among some part of the GOP towards some kind of climate action. If Fox didn't like it, and Fox wouldn't, because Fox is funded by the big money conservatives whose interests are bound with fossil fuels, Fox would kill it immediately. End of story, sad trumpet. But let's be fair here, on the so-called left or center Democrats, this also happens. I mentioned Diane Feinstein, sorry, but now she's going to be a part of my show forever, I guess. But she also takes money from fossil fuel industries. So yes, Democrats are very much part of the problem as well. That's the thing. We don't really have a proper opposition party in the US. Uh, both parties are pro-guns. Uh, both parties are, you know, paid by similar donors, let's say, perhaps not the same exact individuals, but the same idea. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. That's why we don't, it, it's so hard to achieve any kind of change in our country because we don't have this kind of good opposition party. One party would say, hey, we want guns. Then the other, the opposition should be, we should have no guns. That's the whole point of the word opposition. And it wouldn't be hard. All they would have to do is make up some scary story about it, whatever it is, it is socialism or some variety of other, and then repeat that story over and over for weeks or two. Voila, conservatives would turn against whatever it is. The green shoots would be crushed. And yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, I mean, conservatives are freaked out by the word uh, socialism. Uh, they don't understand that what we're trying to do is have a de democratic socialism, which is not the same thing. But, you know, for them it's the same, because who cares, really? It, both words have ism, so it must be bad. In my documentary, there was a part where there was one guy talking about the different systems out there. And he was asked, you know, what does he think about uh, these, these systems? And he says, communism, fascism, socialism, it's the same thing. They all, they all end with ism. Like, what? But that's what I'm saying. These type of crazy, insane, stupid fucking morons live in our country right now. And they're voting. And we know how that goes. That's who we're fighting against. Look, I'm not your enemy here, okay? These people out there, they are your enemy. That's just the reality. Their backwards thinking of the Dark Ages, that's what holds us back as a country. No climate groups on the left or right can do the same. It's not that they like clever messages carefully tested by the best social scientists. They don't like information or ideas or facility with language. They lack power. Power is what it takes to shape public opinion. The power and money to maintain multiple direct channels to voters blasting a unified message at all times and i don't know this is certainly the case in the us but this is not the case in in japan for example where i live um 
This is one reason why our elections, for example, last forever. It seems like after one cycle, the next cycle immediately starts. You already have people interested in running and they already start to talk to voters. And that entire process takes four years. Um, it's an insane long time. And uh, there's, of course, a ton of money tied into that. It's a huge, huge issue, okay? Uh, we don't need to repeat the message. We just need to understand it. That's, that's the thing. I don't need to have faith in science. Faith, uh, science is not a faith-based system. It's an evidence-based system. I don't need to have faith to understand evolution. I just need to understand it. And that's the big difference. Along the same lines, take a look at this study from Navigator Research. It found that 34% of Americans who watch Fox News at least a few times a month, those who do operate with a very different set of facts than those who don't. So let's see uh, the graph here. So here we go. On climate change, non-Fox News watching Republicans are twice as likely as other Republicans to believe in human-caused climate change. So. Let's look at this in a bit more detail here. So you see that basically if you are a Fox News viewer, then uh, you believe that, uh, you, well, you actually don't believe that climate change is man-made. But if you don't watch Fox News, then you do. It's the same on virtually every issue. Fox News viewers are 10 to 20 points to the right of their non-Fox watching counterparts in both parties. Conservative media is a tool built to drag opinion among conservatives and the policy, I guess it's the typo here, policy generally, to the right. It ensures that no matter the current political battle, whether it's NFL players kneeling, Brett Kavanaugh getting on the bench, or cap and trade, the right-wing base is unified and furious. That's why I said on the last show, so when it comes to very kind of big issues, you'll see that the Republicans vote all against it. Uh, so they will, like healthcare, for example, all the Republicans vote against healthcare reform. Uh, when it comes to war, then it's different. They love war, they are paid by it, by the military industrial complex, etc. So that's different. But usually they are very unified and furious. And that is not the same in the Democratic Party. The left has no such machine. And even if it did, it's so it's too demographically and economically heterogeneous, uh, heterogeneous, I should say, to maintain a, in a simple common narrative. No matter how broadly supported the left's tax, health, or climate policies, it can rarely match the right's depth of intensity. And in politics, intensity wins. And that's the problem. That's why we have so many issues in the country that are not getting sold. Because these type of media outlets, they focus on people's emotions and they don't teach them how to think rationally and critically. My point in all of this is simply that no matter what small gaps may be visible in the wall of Republican opposition on climate policy now, it's easy enough for the right to shore them up. Fox has the trust of and direct access to the right base in a way that no institution on the left can match. All the values-based messages in the world won't matter if Fox can drown them out. So that's the midterm. Last week I talked about the short term. This was the mid, uh, midterm. 
and I just want to start a little bit on the long term and of course I will continue that on the next show otherwise it's too long. So the long term is basically like climate change is intrinsically insulting to conservative values. Most people assume that Republicans will eventually have to come around on climate change if only for electoral reasons. Young people are turning against them. A recent national poll of 18 to 29 year olds found that 45% of young Americans including 50% of those likely to vote agreed that climate change is a crisis and demands urgent action. So I just want to say this. Um, America of course is a big country. I mean the United States I should say because America is the continent. It's a big country. A lot of people don't even travel outside of it. Um, I, the last statistics I saw were that only 30% of Americans have a passport and without the passport that means you can't go abroad. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you can enter Canada. I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, you know, going to Canada, that's really not a big leap. I'm talking about really going out to Europe, to Asia, to Africa, uh, you know, even South America, of course, really, really outside of Canada and Mexico, outside of that little bubble. Then you have a higher chance of understanding the world. Um, I have friends from Texas who live in Japan now. They were born in Texas. They started out very religious and they moved away because they wanted to explore the world more and now they're agnostic atheists uh, because they saw that in Japan people are not religious but they're still you know relatively good to each other so you don't need religion to be good to other people uh, they treat nature with more respect here uh, yeah uh, the Japan has other issues but Certain things are better here than in the US, that's for sure. Um, but the point of it is that you need to go out there and explore the world. You can't just sit in your basement somewhere and think that you understand the world. That doesn't work like that. In fact, it doesn't work like that at all because you just believe whatever you hear from your people who live in that same bubble, who also never traveled abroad. And then you you listen to these, you know, Fox News or CNN or MSNBC all day long and that's all your source of information. So they tell you what to think. You're not doing the thinking for yourself. And I suppose that on some horizon that is true, climate change certainly isn't going away and it's a much higher stakes issue for young people. But I would add a note of caution to this kind of triumphalism. A great deal of research has gone into examining the deeper differences between liberals and conservatives. The differences that stretch beyond ideology to, into temperament, psychology and neurology. One reason those differences are salient at the moment is that Americans have been sorting not only by race, income and ideology, but even by personality. And I will talk about this more on the next show. But uh, I just want to come back to this very quickly. Uh, yeah, so this thing is very true. This is certainly an issue for young people, mostly, because we have to live with the impacts of climate change that are going to get worse and worse as the time goes on. So I understand if you're some kind of old dude, I'd say old in a relative uh, thing here, but like in, in the 60s, 70s or older than that, I, I can see why you wouldn't care about it. Uh, a lot of Old voters vote a certain way because they don't really care. 
um, they're, they're going to die soon. That's the reality. So they don't have to live with the consequences of their actions. But, but young people do. And so it's very important, you know, in the upcoming election or elections, I should say, that young people turn out uh, in great numbers. It's important. I always say, don't just be a couch voter. So, you know, people are very quick to vote on some kind of online poll, uh, CNN or whatever. Hey, what do you think about this? And vote. So people are very good at that, sitting at home and clicking a button on the phone. But when it comes to actually making an effort, going out and standing in line for, for many hours and voting, although we see that to a certain extent, but not enough, uh, a lot of people just stay home. Our voter turnout is only 60%. America claims to be the world's number one democracy, yet we can't even have nearly half the country out to vote. I think that just shows that something is really fundamentally broken there. Um, on that note, that's it for today. I uh, just want to remind people to please check out my book, Beyond the Obscure. It's available on Amazon in uh, print and ebook. If the print is too expensive, then consider getting an ebook. And uh, check out my art on Redbubble. And I will see you next week for the last show of the season. It's kind of fitting that it's episode 50, very round number. So anyway, until then.